Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Four Checking TV. I'm your host, Doug Glackey, and alongside me are my co-host, Scotty Porterfield and Trevin T.K. Catellis. Guys, how are we doing this evening? Um, happy to be here. You know, we're, we're now officially less than 24 hours until the uh, NHL season begins, so I guess this is kind of going to be our crash course of a preview, if you want to call it that. <laughs> uh, I'm happy to get things started here. So. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I was super busy last week with with stuff. Um, I had a lot of stuff going on, but uh, we're back this week and a preview of the NHL, see what's going on with all 32 teams and then, uh, you know, go from there to lead off. Um, yesterday, the New York Rangers extended Mika Zibanejad to an eight year deal where he will have a cap hit of eight and a half million. It's a really good team-friendly, reasonable contract for for New York. And it pretty much puts all of the Jack Eichel trade rumors to bed, in a sense, because they added so much cap already in the offseason. Extended Mika, going to have to extend Adam Fox soon, and then, you know, work on contracts for Kako and maybe in Lafreniere in the long term. So, you know, I think that this team is comfortable going in with, their two and three C third line center spots being split between Ryan Strom and Philip Hedl, and they'll just go from there. Yeah, it was. Uh, I remember seeing the news that Savanjai did sign. Like you said, I mean Jack Eichel's pretty much been put to rest now, at least from the Rangers' standpoint. You know, I think you said earlier too. The Rangers they do have depth down the middle, and their blue line is really underrated. And not to mention, too, you got guys like Lafreniere and Kako. Those guys are definitely poised to have some breakout seasons. And they also have a competent coach for the first time in forever. So I'd say this is a, a good time to be a Rangers fan. Definitely going to be a team to watch out for heading into the season. Yeah, definitely. You know, we're going into a year where um, Chris Kreider's probably going to be playing on their third line. And – you know, when you have that going for you, that's that's pretty big, you know, and then you, have, you still have Sammy Blay as well. Um, another solid guy that they got from St. Louis for Buchnevich. Obviously, pretty one-sided trade, but they had to do what they had to do because Buchnevich is like making almost $5 million a year now on his new extension in St. Louis, and there's no way the Rangers could have afforded that, so... Um, moving forward, um, the Seattle Kraken had a rather large COVID outbreak. Um, one of the bigger incidents where it didn't affect, like infect the entire team. So Cal Yarncroke, Jared McCann, Marcus Johansson, Jamie Alexiak, and Jonas Donskoy are all in pro- COVID protocol. And they'll be out for a little bit. So, and that's, that's a lot. That's a big blow to a team who, at least in my opinion, didn't really have a lot of quality depth to begin with. No. And that's those players that you just lost were your quality depth. I say that was your entire middle six down the drain right there. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Cause other than that, who really, I mean, obviously we all know who they have, but like, in, in reality, from an outsider standpoint, besides those kind of names like a Yarn Croak or a Don Scoy, who do you have? You know, like, okay, we're looking at Seattle. Okay, you have Giordano. Um, 
Giordano, you have Jaden, you know, Jalen Schwartz, and you got Grubauer to play the net. That's about all you got right now. Yeah, so I'm pulling up their um, cap-friendly depth chart right now to see what they got going on. Scotty, go ahead. That's like they're going to have to rely heavily on Grubauer and uh, Chris Drieger for at least the near future because we have no clue what this is going to look like for them here, depending on how long these guys are going to be out. Those guys are going to be very huge for the Kraken. They're going to basically decide how the season's going to start for those guys. So those two are going to be very big in the uh, early stages of this 2021 season. Yeah, so they have four forwards down on the COVID list right now. And they're healthy scratch forwards, Nathan Bastion. Oh, also, Yanni Gordon, Colin Blackwell are apparently on IR right now. So Yanni Gordon on IR, yeah. There's that. They just claimed Alex Barboulet off waivers from Tampa today, which is going to be, in my opinion, massive for them. That's huge. And then your minor your minor league forward depth, it says you have Max McCormick, Cole Lind, Alex True, Carson Twarinski, and Luke Henman. And Luke Henman doesn't really count because he's that guy that they signed um, to that ELC. He was the first player in their history, and he's probably playing in the queue this year. So he doesn't really count. But um, – yeah, I mean, we all – I mean, most people were saying this team's going to be a tank team, tanking for Shane Wright. So, here we are, right off the bat. Um, they also named um, – they also named a captain today. They named Mark Giordano their first captain in franchise history. And then um, they, they named quite a few assistant captains. This is something that we've seen recently with several teams having more than just the traditional three A's. Um, the guys they have wearing the A this year for them, um, they're going to have Jaden Schwartz. Um, let's see. Hopefully my phone doesn't die on me like right now because that would suck. It's Jordan Aberly, Yanni Gord, Adam Larson, and Jaden Schwartz are the A's. So there's that. Um, I'll be honest with you. I was surprised that Seattle named a captain this early, but like, you know, we're basically basing this whole thing off of like what Vegas did. And they didn't name a captain right away simply because Flurry was pretty much their captain. You know, like he was the franchise guy and they really had nobody else um, that was capable of taking on a captaincy role until they trade for Mark Stone, you know? And I mean, yeah, you could have slapped on Derek England. That would have been cool. That would have been a nice PR move, but he only played two years um, with them until he had to hang it up. So, you know, um, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting that they named a captain that early. But um, now moving on, uh, do we want to do uh, what's going on in Penguin Land right now, or should we wait? I'll wait let's on that. Let's hold off. Yeah, because I could you that with me that could take a while. Save the hometown yeah. for last. Yeah. Also, what, uh, what do we think of the Kings' new alternates? I love them. 
I don't mind them, but I don't like the fact they got those stupid silver helmets. I hate that so much. I hate, I, when Vegas, I hate when Vegas did it whenever they had the C3PO helmets last year, and now LA basically did the same thing with theirs. So other than that, great they're going with the vintage design. I always like that logo. So, yeah. Why are they going – why is that the new trend now, the, the, the shiny helmets? Why is that the thing now? I don't get it. I don't know. I really just, don't know. I mean – I get it in an outdoor game just because, you know, we reflect well off the stadium lights and stuff like that. But, like, I don't really know. Um, that would be, where, be where I would be like, okay, it makes sense. Yeah. Other than that, it's terrible. I thought you were going to say, why are they going with all these retro jerseys for alternates now? And I was like, because they sell like crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I know why they do that. You know, for, that's lots of money coming in. So, yeah, that makes perfect sense to do that. Yeah, they make so much money off of it to the point that the NHL is going to do a second reverse retro next year, apparently. Seriously? Yeah, of course, this, yeah. This season or next season? Next season, next okay. season. League executives and GMs keep saying it's coming back. It's just a matter of when, so, you know. I don't know, man. That's just more Penguins jerseys that I've, I'm going to feel obligated to buy, and I don't know if I like that. <laughs> so, but – um. Now we're going to preview every NHL team, um, all 32. Kind of covered, too, a little bit. What do you mean? Eh. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. But, you know, we'll just go from there. So starting off with Arizona, um, can we all just unanimously agree this team sucks? They're tanking for Shane Wright, and the only redeeming quality the team possesses is the fact that they still have Jacob Chikrin on their roster. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's about it. I mean, you know, it's good that they're finally committing to a legit rebound. They're selling off the the Pete, the core pieces to get the draft stock and the prospects. And they took in a bunch of bad contracts like Louis Erickson and whoever. This isn't bad, obviously. You know, I think that this is at least it's gonna be rough to watch, but it's gonna be worth it, like you said. If you get like a Shane Wright or a Brad Lambert or someone like that, if they play their cards right, they could be definitely scary in the future. Yeah, and this isn't just a one-year thing, you know. This applies to, you know, Shane Wright and Brad Lambert. This also applies to Connor Bedard and Matt, Matt V. Mitchkov. Like, they're setting themselves up to be absolutely loaded um, at a point in time, you know. And I think that they're getting re- – that if they play their cards right, they'll start to be competitive again at a time where Car- Austin Matthews' contract's about that in Toronto and you know anyone with a brain knows that they're going to just go for broke for that if he doesn't sign the extension right away in Toronto yeah you know so yeah next up we have the Anaheim Ducks Um, you know they're they're close and they're getting closer in their rebuild, but still not close enough. You know, they're a team that, in my opinion, needs to get lucky in a draft lottery one year and hit on a franchise center. You know, because yeah, they had a top three pick this year. That was nice, but I don't really think reaching on Mason McTavish was um, the right decision to make, you know? So. I mean, expect for them to be rough, but, you know, there's going to be some bright spots to it. 
Um, Jamie Drysdale is going to come into his own. And in my opinion, uh, Trevor Zegers is the favorite to win the Calder Trophy right now. So, you know, they have that going for him. Yeah, they really didn't do much this offseason, but in the same sense, they didn't lose anybody important. Like you said, they brought in some people in the future. They got McTavish. They had that, that Zellweger, uh, Pistuyov, I think is how you say that, say his name. I don't know if that's mm-hmm. how you pronounce it. But, yeah, they're going to be in for a long season, but the rebuild's going well. And, um, yeah, I'd be shocked if Ricard Raquel and Hampus Lindholm will still be in uh, duck jerseys by the, by the end of the deadline. I'll be shocked if they're still there. I'm assuming they're going to get moved on. And if you hold on to them, that's a huge mistake in my opinion. But uh, I think they've been better off trading them during the summer, to be honest, because the return going to be a lot cheaper than what it would have been back in, you know, June or July. But either way, if like they're kind of the same boat as the Coyotes. They keep uh, they keep doing the right things, then uh, the future is going to be bright for them. Yeah, and I think you know they might have to lower the asking price a little bit on you know, what they want in return for Lindholm and or for uh, Raquel and Josh Manson. But, um, you know, they either way, they got to find a way to recoup assets somehow because, you know, they they need guys and they need guys that can help them beyond this year because there's no way Raquel is going to resign there. You know, I don't know what Josh Manson's contract situation is off the top of my head, but if he's a pending free agent, there's no way he'll sign there either. So, you know, that is what that is. Um, Moving forward, Boston. This is an interesting team because they lost David Krejci. And they they never really had an opportunity to replace him. So right now, the plan is for Charlie Coyle to be in in the middle of Taylor Hall and Craig Smith. you know, that was a line that Hall, Krejci, Smith line. That was a line that produced really, really well down the stretch and in the playoffs for them. Um, so hopefully Charlie Coyle can step up and be the player that he was in Minnesota. But, you know, that's all a big if. I know that um, earlier in training camp, obviously it didn't work out, I take it, because they they were using Jack Stadnika, um as that guy in that second line center role and it didn't go well. He, I think he got reassigned to Providence. So, you know, and honestly, like this team has a really good third line, at least on paper. Like it looks like a really good playoff performer type of third line. It's Jake DeBrusque, Eric Halla, and Nick Foligno. Um, You know, that's, that's pretty scary. And then you still have, um, Trent Frederick on the fourth line, who is just an absolute just machine of a player on that fourth line. He's always mixing it up, getting into scrums and stuff. So, yeah. My my question, you guys, is for Boston. What's your take on the uh, goaltending situation out there right now? I think they have one. I think they have a great tandem there. I really do. I'm 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 cool with uh, with uh, Swayman and Allmark. I think that's a great duo there. Not to mention, if Tuka Rass does come back halfway through the season or, like, after the Olympic break, like he, ta- like he keeps saying that he's going to do, I mean, you have three legitimate NHL goaltenders there. I mean, they could definitely be set up for a great season. Like I said, they still have the, they still have the best first line in hockey, or at least one of the best with uh, with all those guys they have there. And like even like Dougie said, even though they lost Krejci, their four court's still very good. 
the pairing of uh, Charlie McAvoy and Matt Grizzlick is arguably one of the – it could be a top pairing in the NHL, if we're being honest. So, yeah, Boston's going to be very, very good this year. I don't see why they can't contend for the Cup. All I'm saying is they need to get on on it very quickly because I know the fans in Beantown have got to be getting restless. I mean, one in one cup's not bad, but it's definitely underachievement with this core. Yeah, and my my hot take for the NHL season is that Linus Olmark will be a Vesna finalist under an actual defense. He's that good. Mm-hmm. So he needs a, team, he needs a de- decent team to play with to make to, to be good. And any any good goalie can look like complete crap if they don't have a defense to help him out a little bit. Matt Murray. Yes. Moving on to the team that Linus Olmark carried for many years, um, the Buffalo Sabres. Once again, this team is awful. This team is horrible. This team can go to hell in a handbasket for treating Jack Eichel the way they treated him. Um, And their goaltending tandem is Craig Anderson and Dustin Tokarski. And if that doesn't shout, we're tanking for Shane Wright. I don't know what will. So there's really nothing exciting to look forward to. They have a nice first pairing. I say they got dollars. That's about it. Everything yeah. else is put on fire. You can tell how bad <laughs> he literally took Owen power with the first pick. And he literally said, no, thanks. I'd rather go play at Michigan for another year. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just there to I think that's they're, putting it nice. Yeah, they're a mess. Um, moving on, the Calgary Flames. This is an interesting team. I don't really know truly what to make of them. Um, obviously, they have one of the better top lines on paper with Goudreau, Monaghan, and Matthew Kachuk. Um, Andrew Mangiapane is a nice depth piece, but Beyond guys like Mangiapane and Dylan Dubé, there's really not a whole lot there, you know? Lindholm is good. Coleman's going to be good. But, like, I, again, I feel like they're playing Blake Coleman in too high of a role. Um, they have him playing second-line wing right now, and I don't really know how it's going to go. And if you look at this defense, I'm going to read off this defense, and you're going to tell me what you think. Top line, Nikita Zadorov and Chris Tanov. Second pair is Noah Hannafin and Rasmus Anderson. And then the third pair is Yusuf Valimaki and Erica Branson. The thing we have to remember with when it comes to Calgary is that this is a team run by Daryl Sutter. I think the, yeah. I don't think they have on the back end be well-structured defensively. Like you said about Blake Coleman, you think he's in a role that's too high for him? I don't think that necessarily. Like I said, this is if he's he's a he's a Daryl Sutter type of player. I definitely think he can fit into that blueprint that they have that he has laid out. It'll work for him. You know, looking back on Calgary last year, it's safe to say they underachieved. I think that's that's a pretty fair statement. I don't think they're going to do that this year. I think Jacob Markstrom's going to, you know, bounce back like he has to, or at least he better because he's one of my goalies in fantasy. Uh, Johnny Goudreau's very underrated as well, so. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to be a fun team to watch, but they're definitely going to have the defensive structure. I think they have a legitimate shot at making playoffs this year. I, I agree. They're going to be one of those little, like, people aren't going to really, I wouldn't say bet on them. People really aren't going to pick them to go there. But, you know, from 
a professional standpoint of what we're looking at statistical wise. I think they have a good shot to get in, especially because they're out there in that conference, in that division that they're in. And um, the really only competition, which I'm sure we'll get to, but the really only lock in that division out there is Vegas. So That's true. That's very true. Now on to the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, you know, one of the more fun teams in the league. This forward group on paper is absolutely loaded. Um, and I don't know if these guys are going to make their roster right now, but as it currently sits, they have Dr- Jack Drury and Seth Jarvis slotted into their normal everyday lineup. So you got to factor in the Trotex out right now for a while, too. So you have an empty spot there to fill. Yeah, so, like, he might just be up here filling that spot for right now, Jack Drury. But I think that Seth Jarvis is going to be, like, a legitimate player on the team. Like, I'd put him with Niederreiter and Stahl and just see what happens. You know, put him in a third-line role, let him get adjusted and go from there, you know. Their defense took a big hit because, you know, they lost Dougie Hamilton. I think they're trying to replace him with both the production of Tony D'Angelo and Ethan Bear, you know, and I have no idea how that's going to go. Um, you know, you still have talent there, though. I mean, I mean, yeah, you're overpaying for Brady Shea, but he's still there. Um, Jacob, you still have Jacob Slavin and Brett Pesci. So, I mean, you're going to have some some defensive backing there. Yeah, yeah definitely. The fact that they just replaced Hamilton with D'Angelo and pissed off their isn't a good look at all. Not to mention we didn't they've they replaced Nadalkovich and Morazic with Freddie Anderson and Anti Ranta, which is a tandem that could, you know, break in half at any moment. So literally. Yeah, the one good move they made was pulling an Ethan Bear, but it cost you Warren Fogel. So like we said, there's that gap in the third line left wing spot. They have a solid team, but I mean with how competitive the Metro is going to be this year, I don't really have I don't know if they're a lock, a shoe in for the playoffs. I really don't. Yeah, because I mean, we got we got to factor that in. Like they were in a different division come last season because of all the uh, jumbled up you know, affairs going on from from the COVID protocol bubble. So, uh, like 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 you said, Scotty, they're they're not playing um, with the same teams this time. They're playing, you know, with Pittsburgh. They're playing with Washington. Um, so we'll have to see where where that goes. I agree. Yeah, moving on, we have the Chicago Blackhawks. And looking at this uh, roster, the way it's assembled, this is the most Chicago Blackhawks Stanley Cup team I've ever seen. Um, you know, you have Tyler Johnson there is the dude who's done it many times before. Young third-line center in Kirby Dock playing with other young players, Henrik Borgstrom and Brandon Hagel. And then you have one of the grittiest, most physical fourth lines in the league with – Jujar Kara, Adam Goddat, and Ryan Carpenter. And not to mention you have Taves just playing second-line center, probably absolutely livid that he's not the first-line center. So, and they successfully replaced Brent Seabrook with Seth Jones. And also, I don't know if you guys noticed yesterday, but Stan Bowman went out and did more Stan Bowman shit. He brought Eric Gustafson back. Yeah, I saw that. 
So he's probably going to take that spot that Ian Mitchell is currently occupying on the third pair and quarterback their second power play unit and magically somehow put up 40 points because that's what the Blackhawks organization is. And let's not forget the powerhouses that are already there. You got, you still, you mean Kuba League's still there. Alex DeBrink gets there. And you, of course you got Patty Kane. So you're, you're, I, I agree with you, Doug. This is a team that's like another one of those where it's like, okay, Calgary's slipping in, you know, nobody's really seeing them. I think Chicago could be one of those ones that either they go all out swinging all the time or they're one of those ones who slip in and get a run. But either way, I do think they, they, make, they make playoff run here. They will make it in as like a six or a seventh seed and just run people over. That's what I think. I'm not buying it. You know, I, a lot of people have been hot piping up Chicago since they brought in Flower and Seth Jones, but I'm not really into it. Like you said, TK, the forward core is still great, but a lot of guys aren't set in stone there. Jonathan Taze hasn't played hockey in over a year. That's a question mark. I don't care what anyone says. Dylan Strom is a question mark. So is Henrik Bjorkstrom. I think Adam Gaudet and Tyler Johnson could go either way as well. I like the Jake McCabe signing, and Connor Murphy's consistently good, but Jones as a number one defenseman is not ideal. Not to mention, if we're just being honest, Fleury had the best season of his career last season. What are the chances he's actually going to repeat that again? I I don't think the Blackhawks are going to be as nearly as good as people are hyping them up to be. The, the Blackhawks are not the Golden Knights to play with, so <laughs> – my point exactly. Yeah. Now we move on to the Chicago block or the uh, Colorado Avalanche. We literally just Blackhawks talked about the Blackhawks. Yeah. No. So move on to the Avalanche. We're good team on paper. The way their defensive pairings are um, distributed look absolutely horrible. They don't look good. But that's all. because they're. They're accommodating everyone's favorite special boy. Fuck Jack Johnson. Yes. 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 They fucking signed that asshole, too. But the nice thing is, is Bowen Byram is actually paired with Eric Johnson. Correct. Yes. So don't discount that. But it yeah. sucks because Sam Gerard and Kale McCarr are paired together. Right. And... As much as that's going to be nice for the sake of putting up points, I really don't know how the hell that's going to go. Because it's the same reason that Mike Matheson and John Marino can't play together. Yeah. There's two offenses. Yes, but the month. Yeah, that's the thing. They have an interesting third line, though. I don't know. Have you looked at what their third line has been recently, TK? I've been playing around. I've looked, looked a little bit here and there. I haven't looked in the last two days. So if it's changed since then. It's Sampo Ranta, Alex Newhook, and JT Comfer. I like that a lot. And then, dude, I mean, Darren Helm, Tyson Jost, and Logan O'Connor is the fourth line. That's that's good stuff. That's really that is good good. stuff. Except JT Comfer sometimes can't hit the broad side of a barn, though. But I think they should have dumped him in the offseason. JT Comfer isn't there to score goals, buddy. Yeah, I know. JT, JT Confer is basically your version of Brandon Tanev. But he has so many opportunities at the net where he's wide open and he has the whole net just to shoot the puck in and he misses it. Yeah, I know. They could win so many games off that kind of crap. I know. You know, and I mean, you got a good goalie this year. Like a world-class goalie, one of the best goalies in the world. 
that's going to be – that might be the difference maker um, in my Darcy opinion. Kemper. Darcy Kemper. I think that might be the difference maker. So – Or he stays healthy, hopefully. Scotty, what else do you have to add? Right now, they're my favorites to win the President's Trophy. Yeah. That's about all. That's about all. I'm not going to say they're favorites to win a Stanley Cup because I've seen them choke it away the last few years. So uh, Three in a row. Yeah, three in a row. Nate McKinnon's slowly becoming the 2020 version of Joe Thornton, like I said earlier, but we won't get into that. Uh, yeah, right. Like I said, you don't want to be the what the Capitals were for, for that, the, most of the 2010s. You know, you want to eventually hope they break through. So hopefully this is the year for them. I'm definitely going to be rooting for them either way. But, uh, yeah, clock ticking. Yeah. Now up next, we got the Columbus Blue Jackets. This is a weird team because it's a team that looks good on paper, but they're also projected to yield horrific results. You know, they remind me of like the Sens where the Metro is going to be so loaded that they might not even just be able to keep up, to be honest. That's probably one of that. That's honestly true. It's like, they're like, I think they're going to be towards the bottom which isn't a bad thing because this is a stacked draft class, so they're definitely going to get someone legit. It just comes down to if they can't – I don't see them being enough to – having enough to make a playoff position at least. I don't know what the deal with Patrick Laine is. I mean, we – the guy can score, and he can score in bunches, but, I mean, that switch isn't always on with him. I mean, we – I mean, like you said, you've seen flashes of brilliance. Saw that goal that he scored against Detroit a couple of nights ago. I mean, he literally went through everybody. I get that it's Detroit, but still, you know, they're NHL players, and, and he went through them. So, yeah, I, I just want to I want to see him sort of get back on track more than anything. I don't expect the team to do well, but hopefully he can uh, sort of find his game again because he's an entertaining player when he's on his game, for sure. Yeah. I'm with you guys. They have way too many players on paper that look way too good to – to do as bad as they do, but maybe they'll turn it around. We'll, we'll see. Now, the Dallas Stars. They are – they're interesting because, you know, I look at this roster and now I see why they're Johnny's favorite team. It's literally a retirement home. Yeah. Blake Carmel's Every- still there. <laughs> Everybody that's 35 or above is on this <laughs> roster. Yep. <laughs> but, like, I th- I mean, they make the playoffs at least, right? I don't think so. Ooh, okay. I, I think they're going to be the middle of the pack team. I mean, I, I mean, they don't get me wrong. They got hurt. They got killed with injuries last year. I mean, they mm-hmm. look healthy, now, but I just don't see them in anything more than a, a middle-of-the-pack team at best. I think that's the best you're going to get out of them. Because at the same time, what's the goaltending situation looking like there? You brought in Holby. You got Holby still. I mean, you still have Hugh Dobin still there, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know if he's playing or not. I have to look myself. but He is. They they have a whole goal, goalie controversy on their hands. Yeah. They guess, because because – Go ahead. They, oh, sorry. They want to hand it over to Jake Ottinger. Yeah, exactly. They got four goalies right now who are all fighting for one job, it seems. And I, too many cooks in the kitchen, in my opinion. 
Correct and that's going to cause a lot of dysfunction. Correct, exactly. me if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, but out of that Western Conference, only eight teams make the playoffs, correct? Yes. Or am I wrong? Yes. I'm pretty sure I was right. Okay. That way with the Eastern Conference, too, I think. Yeah, I know. I was making sure. It was a total of 16. Okay. So, Scotty, I'm going to go off of you. I'm going to go off of your boat here that Dallas does not make the playoffs. And the reason being is because you only have eight teams to make it from the West. And the Dallas Stars are sitting in a central division with Colorado, St. Louis, and Minnesota, who will all finish above them in that central division. And then looking over at the other side, you're going to have Vegas make it. You're going to have Edmonton make it to the playoffs. There's already five take it right there. If we're, if we're banking it on Calgary to take it, there's your number six. If Chicago is going to be as good as we say they're going to be, they're also going to finish above Dallas. So there's no chance they make it if you look at it that way. Yeah, I think Dallas is – yeah, I think there's going to be plenty of teams. I think they're not even close, honestly. I think the Kraken can honestly finish higher than them. I, I, I agree. Yeah, it's possible. It depends how good the team does Florida. together, though. I think Seattle could, like you said, I think Chicago could finish higher than them. Maybe even Vancouver, potentially. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't – I'm not holding out a lot of hope for Dallas. Dougie, what do you what do you think of Dallas? Why are you, why are you saying they're making playoffs this year? I don't know. Like, my issue is they have, they have four really good goaltenders. Um, <laughs> they have four really good goaltenders. And, honestly, I feel like – their defense looks really, really good on paper. Um, I understand that it's an older, more veteran type defensive core, but Ryan Suter, John Klingberg, Essa Lindell, Miro Heiskanen, Andre Sakura, Joel Hanley, like it's 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 way too balanced for them to be a complete dumpster fire, in my opinion. Um because the biggest issue that they always had on defense was that I've Heiskanen playing with Klingberg and it would make him too top heavy. There wasn't enough spreading of the love throughout the three, three pairings. And now they have that, you know, and I mean, having Sagan back for a full year is going to be big, you know, especially now that he doesn't have to play top line center. Like people don't, People forget about this, but Rope Hintz scored at like an 85-point pace last year in the regular season if it was over an 82-game season, you know? And then you still – I mean, Jason Robertson is awesome. Like, he's really good. Um, if only his brother Nick were half as good as he is right now, I would be a very, very happy human being, you know? And, I mean, Joe Pavelski still has it. So, I, I think they're a playoff team, you know? I really do. Um, but like you guys said, I mean, there's – the unlike in recent years, the Western Conference is going to be absolutely loaded with talent. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's very much shifting back to what it used to be like in the early 2000s where all the teams out West are the ones loaded with star, star talent and star players and – there's going to be way too many teams vying for eight playoff spots. Um, so I don't disagree with you guys there. But on to the Detroit Red Wings. 
the rebuild's going well. Um, you know, the rebuild's there. It's going okay. Um, I may or may not have just put a 50 bet $50 bet down this evening for Moritz Cedar to win the Calder trophy, but that's, that's just me. Um, I mean, again, this team's going to be horrible. Um, you know, just like Anaheim, they're a team that's just hoping and praying for lottery luck at this point. If they can get one of Wright or Lambert, they're, they're right where they need to be. Um, you know, I'd monitor Dylan Larkin, his situation because he just had 23 points in 44 games last year. Um, you know, there's been talk that he might want out or that he's not really trusting the process that Steve Eiserman's laid out, but you know, until that happens, you know, this is where we're at. And I mean, they added a good goalie. Alex Ndelkovich yeah. is going to be good. Um, you know, he's going to be the perfect stopgap between, you know, him and Grice. And then um, what leads them into Sebastian Kosa, hopefully, if he pans out, um, you know. But defensively, man, I, I, you know, and I think this is by design. It's very veteran heavy, and it's with a lot of guys that aren't really good NHL defensemen. You know, because this is your depth on the left side. It's Danny DeKaiser, Nick Letty, and Mark Stahl. Yeah, it's rough. Very you know, rough. and on the and the, your right side of the defense is like magnificent, which is awesome because that's always hard to fill out in the NHL. You know, you got Philip Peronic, Moritz Cedar, Gustav Lindstrom, and then you have Troy Stetcher as well. So they at least have that figured out. They just need to keep de- developing more left shot D. And, you know, they signed my guy, Pius Suter. Um, he lo- he's looked really good in preseason. Probably going to do decent for them this year. Um, I'm going to throw an old name at you. Uh, Scotty's probably going to be the only one that remembers him. He's going to remind me a lot of Damian Bruner whenever they signed him after the lockout. <laughs> Makes sense. Sure. <laughs> I'll go right. with that. I guess that why not? I mean, either way, look at the Red Wings. I mean, there's not enough star power to get them out of the basement, especially in the Atlantic division. They're going to be getting a top five pick in the draft this year. So like you said, hopefully the draft, uh, hopefully the, the, the draft goes well for them. TK, you got any thoughts? I mean, they're going to win some games, but it's not like <laughs> – it's not like they're gonna go anywhere with it. Um, it's like it's like you said, Scotty. I mean, you're playing in a division where you have Toronto, you have Tampa Bay, you have Florida. Uh, yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna get anywhere with that division, especially with a team the way you have. You need a little bit more superstar power on that team. Um, at least one or two pieces. I mean, not not a Dylan Larkin can't get the job done because he's a, he's a hell of a player, but he can't do it alone. So. Yeah, you know, they're not going to be great, but they're going to be just okay enough to scare the living hell out of the Toronto Maple Leafs in the middle of the week in uh, February and uh, put awesome, Mitch Marner yeah. on the tra- and put Mitch Marner on the trade block for the third time this month for yep. third time in that month. So that's where we're at with that. Um, moving forward, the good old Edmonton Oilers is this the is this the year? 
Hell no, it ain't. No, nope. it never this, is. This, never the, this was one of the biggest off seasons in Oilers history. Had tons of cap space. You need to improve the team for Connor McDavid, and Ken Holland made the team worse. You granted all brought, on Zach Hyman. You brought in <laughs> Warren Fogle. You added Derek Derek Ryan to the mix, but that defensive core is awful. Mike Smith's not going to have that last year. Miko Koskinen is Miko Koskinen. They're going to be a playoff team, but they're not going to do any damage when the time comes. And I'm telling you right now, they have probably a four-year window. Get stuff, maybe a three or four-year window to get stuff done. I mean, they, they're, like I said, with Col- they're kind of the same boat as Colorado in the sense that they're on the clock because Drysaddle's contract is up in four years. And you know if Drysaddle is not there, there's no way McDavid's staying either. Yeah. I mean, they, they got to get moving and they got to get moving fast because they are running out of time. My hot take, this team doesn't make the playoffs. And they wow. pick okay. a top 10 in the draft. Mm. There, that, that's a bold pick, but okay. Reasonable, though. The, the defense is horrible. Yeah, it's not a completely out of – it's not completely out of left field, though, in all honesty. And this is the this might be the worst goaltending depth chart that I've ever looked at in my entire life. <laughs> and I'm not even like overreacting here. You know, and I mean, dude, blow in almost six million dollars in cap space on the corpse of Duncan Keith. Mm. You could have had Nick Letty for free. Yeah, truthfully. And I'm pretty sure Detroit gave or the the Islanders got a draft pick in return from Detroit to get the Letty contract or like they could have gotten a draft pick from the Islanders for free, an additional trade asset for taking on Nick Letty's contract. Like, I just don't get it. I mean, their top six is going to be good. Um, Their second line looks awesome on paper. It's Zach Hyman, Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Kaylor Yamamoto. But, you know, other than that, you got really nothing. Um, you know, Oscar Cleft bumps on LTIR again. So that sucks for them. But um, yeah, I really don't think this team makes the playoffs. Now we're moving on to everybody's favorite wagon, the Florida Panthers. Mm-hmm. Um, Alexander Barkov signed to an eight-year, $10 million per year extension. Um, That's good stuff. Um, It's encouraging to see that the Panthers are actually committing to being like a destination signing location because for years didn't have that, you know? And that's the thing like with Tampa is you go there, you don't, get taxes taken out of your contract you get all the money for yourself pretty much and you get to go contend for a stanley cup why not create that exact culture in florida yeah and that's what they're doing you know um spencer knight's gonna be their backup that's gonna be real good shit hook that in my veins um he's probably gonna overtake bob for the number one spot midway through the year and you know, I mean, this team's decent on paper. Uh, Mackenzie Weger um, is an elite defenseman at this point. He's 
taking off, in my opinion, similar to what Shafe- how Shade Theodore took off in Vegas. Um, you know, I wouldn't even say just say the top nine's loaded. All four lines are loaded. Anthony Duclair is currently playing on the fourth line. Yeah. In this depth chart projection I'm looking at. Um, where are they Antoine at? Lu- yeah, I was up? about to ask. I was about to ask, where's Lundell at on that? Anton Lundell is centering Frank Vitrano and Patrick Hornquist on the third line. Mm. I think that's exactly where he needs to be right now. Right. Right. You know, and when the time comes, just flip him and Sam Bennett. Also, something very interesting. Jonathan Huberdeau is not playing with Barkov. Carter Verhege is. Hmm. Carter Verhege has a lot of talent, though. Dude, Verhege's a beast. I have no... a lot of talent on that team. Some of those guys that when Florida wasn't necessarily this big threat to everybody, some of the, some of these guys were like all no-name guys. And now they're now they're playing to their full 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 capacities, like Vitrana, like Achari. You know, these guys are playing up now. Like they're they're looking like they're, you know, superstar players here. Um, I mean, and let's not forget, you know, Sam Reinhardt is down or now. Um, adding to that team. You know, he no longer he, you know, he he ditched off of Buffalo as well. He's like, see you later. And I'm going, I'm going, I'm going south for the winter. Um, so here we are. He's playing down there with Florida with with Sam Bennett and all those other guys. So that, that's a deep, that's a deep playoff push for Florida, in my opinion, this year. Yeah. Plus, my, um, go ahead, Scotty. In my opinion, I think they're a top three team in the league. Yeah. I genuinely, I think, you know, you hardly lost anyone from last year. Like you said, TK, they brought in Ron Hart. They brought in Jumbo. They got Lindell from Europe. I think we're going to get a full year of Spencer. I think Spencer Knight should be the starter, should be the number one right now. Never mind waiting until halfway through the I think he should, I just think he should be the starter now. And like you said, Dougie, we're going to have a full season with Mackenzie Weger and Aaron Ekblad as a pairing. Yeah. That's a, that's a scary pairing right there. Yeah. They're going to be consistently competitive this year. This is this could really be a great year for Florida. And not to mention just yesterday, they saved all Oli Hulevi from uh, Vancouver. Right. Which, you know, he can slot into a third pairing role, maybe push Brandon Montour out or something like that, at least for the time being, because I think him and Nudavara would be one hell of a pairing together. Um, just in my opinion, you know, but it sucks. They have Bobrovsky. Yeah, it really does. Because yeah. I was, I was talking about this with Peyton the other day, that $10 million. Imagine what they could have done with that. Oh, so you do so much more with that. They could have traded for Jack Eichel. Easily. And yeah, he would have gone. Like they, went there too. No yeah, he would have went there. You know, but I don't know, man. It is what it is. I mean, regardless, they're still in pretty damn good shape. Chris Drieger and uh, Chris Drieger and Spencer Nate would have been a hell of a goalie team. Yeah, and they could have gotten by with Drieger and Monimbo until yeah. Knight was ready. I mean – Chris Drieger has been playing like a number one for years now. So now we move on to the LA Kings. Um, obviously they're not there yet, but they're close. Um, yeah. They're really close. Um, unfortunately, Quentin Byfield is going to be out for a while um, with a broken ankle, you know, 
they have quite a few guys on IR to start. They have Byfield, Athanasiu, Akil Thomas, and Olimata all on IR to start the year. And um, Alex Turcott's down in the minors now, too. Mm. So, you know, they have Philip Deneau playing third-line center or second-line center right now, and I don't really like that. I think he's that perfect third-line center for right now um, with where they're at. But, um, you know, this team's not going to be bad. Um, I still think, like, like we said about Columbus, it's a good team on paper, but I don't think that they'll be able to get out of the bottom two teams in their division, um, at least for, for this year, which for them – might be extremely helpful for their rebuild because they're to a point now where whatever else they add through the draft is candy. You got to remember too, Dougie, they are in the Pacific division. So I wouldn't say they're a bottom two team. Anaheim and San Jose has got that wrapped up. I'd say they're probably bottom True. three. Okay. They're picking at that point, not to be rude or anything, but uh, regardless, you know, they, like you said, they did take a step in the right direction this year. You brought in to know you got Victor Arvidsson. They uh, added some veteran leadership with uh, Adler on the back end. You know, in, in reality, they shouldn't compete for a playoff spot this year. But with this Pacific Division, you really never know. See, originally, a- I, originally, I had him as a as a dark horse to make a last second push for playoffs, and like a log as a like the last last spot in. A lot has to go right in order for them to make the playoffs this year. But I'd say they're definitely a lock for next season. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree. You know, and now we move on to the Minnesota Wild. Kirill Kaprizov. Um, literally, it's Kirill Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala. And the Minnesota Wild. And, <laughs> and Zuccarello. <laughs> Zuccarello, yeah. Zuccarello is still surprisingly really, we gotta really give, good. So. You got to give credit. I mean, I like to think of them kind of like as the Islanders of the West, in a sense, is they're just a team yes. that people – People like to underrate, you know, like you said, you have the like the pretty They were underdogs last year. And I think it's going to be hard to, you know, duplicate what they did last year across 82 games, but they have enough depth to do it. And that's the thing that they haven't had in the past. I think they have the depth to get it done this year. Yeah. You know, something very interesting. Freddie Gaudreau is currently their third line center. Mm. So. Not really sure what that is. Not really sure what that means, but it's something. I want that to be the best division in hockey this year, and I hope to God that it is. It probably will be. Minnesota, um, St. Louis, Colorado, Dallas, Chicago. That's going to be a hell of a division. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Um, you know, they're like like Scotty said, they're like the Islanders. They'll they'll make the playoffs somehow, some way. Um, you know, and they have a lot of young talent waiting in the wings. Obviously, Matt Boldy just got surgery. He's going to be out for a little bit. But at some point, you're going to have Marco Rossi, Matt Boldy, Adam Beckman, all these guys come up and add to their forward group. That already looks pretty deep on paper. So, you know, that's going to be a big help to them. And it's only going to make them better. Um, but moving onward, uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Um, Not going to have the season they had last year. This is a team that's going to take a massive step back, in my opinion, similar to how Dallas did last year um, after their cup run. Um, You know, you have, I mean, really, you know, Jonathan Druin's coming back. He's going to, he's most likely going to have a great year. 
Cole Caulfield's currently the odds-on favorite to win the uh, Calder Trophy, um, which he probably is going to do it. But biggest thing is Carey Price had to take a step back and take care of his mental health. And, you know, they're going to be out without basically their entire franchise for a period of time. Um, you know, it's nobody's fault. He has to take care of himself and do what's right for him. But, um, you know, I don't know. Hopefully he's just okay. Hopefully he ends up being okay and he pulls through. But, you know, it's always tough. I know we all deal with it um, to a certain extent, some more than others, but hopefully he's okay. You know, but in the meantime, um, Jake Allen's going to step up. Jake Allen's going to have to step up and be big, big contributor for them, you know. And they just claimed Sam Monimbo off waivers the other day. Um, and he's going to be their backup who, I mean, he's a very NHL capable backup. Um, there was a point early on a few years ago where I thought he was an NHL capable one, a one B tandem type goalie. And I think that we can still get back to that. Um, you know, acquired Christian Dvorak over the summer. I think he's going to be big for them. Um, I think he's going to be way better than Kot Kaniemi ever was. You know, the only thing that he has to do is if they do make the playoffs, he has to contribute. And with Dvorak, that's that's a situation he hasn't been in since he was in junior with the London Knights. You know, because Arizona is Arizona. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Uh, yeah, like you said, obviously everybody's pulling for Carey Price, especially after what he went through. You know, we were hoping that he's doing all right and that he, uh, you know, gets everything straightened out that would focus on the Canadians. Not only do you lose Price, you're losing Shea Weber. And even though he's not in his prime, he's still a valuable piece of that team. And you just have to look at the facts. This team was well below 500 in a Canadian division that was terrible last year. So how are you supposed to compete in the Atlantic division this year? I don't see it happening. I know Canadians fans are probably still riding high and thinking that this team is going to be, you know, still a playoff contender. But, I mean, it's just – it's a pipe dream, honestly. I don't see Montreal going – anywhere this season like Doug said they're going to be what Dallas was last year this was a flash in the pan run and it's never going to and it's not happening again and that's the thing you have runs like this with teams whenever um, you have shortened seasons or like weird pandemic years or lockout shortened years because like obviously it wasn't to the extent of Dallas or Montreal but um, in the lockout year the Panthers were the best team in the league mm-hmm And that was just the year before they drafted Aaron Eckblad first overall, you know, PDO gets out of whack in pandemic years and a lot of weird off the wall shit happens, you know, like Rope Hintz scoring like in an 85 point pace, you know, I like Rope Hintz. Um, He's kind of a meme from the old four checking on CUTV show, but um, is he probably going to score at that pace again? I doubt it. (laughs) You know, I highly doubt it. And um, moving on, you got the Nashville Predators. Um, I'm not really sure what to make of this team. It looks good on paper. They have some prospects call- coming up. You know, Eli Tolvanen's going to be an every be a contributor for him. Cody Glass, they got from Vegas. Hopefully, he figures his uh, stuff out and gets better. And you know, 
Philip Tomasino, they're probably their first, their top prospect in their system, made the roster out of training camp. So hopefully that he's able to step up and contribute. But, you know, they have one of the most underrated goalies in the league between the pipes for them and UC Soros. So I wouldn't be surprised if Soros were able to carry them to a postseason potentially. I would be. I, this team, to me, this team doesn't look good. And I don't think they improved at all last season. You replaced Ryan Ellis with Phil Myers. You mentioned Tomasino. I, I, I think he's going to potentially be the, the, uh, the replacement for Victor Arvidsson. I'm, I don't think he's going to live up to the, uh, to the task there. And your backup goaltender now is David Riddick. I mean, you guys get the idea. This isn't the same team we saw in 2017. I think they're going to be a rebuilder now. And I think they're going to potentially be looking at, uh, you know, trying to bring in a top 10 pick because right now I don't see those guys having what it takes to even make the playoffs at all. Yeah, I'm obviously going to contradict myself a little bit here with what I just said. But if you look at it and you think of it, this is the team that needs one of those top end centers in these next two drafts the most. Mm-hmm. Um, they have Johansson and Duchesne playing on the same line, which sucks. Um, like I can't even like lie about it at this point. It absolutely sucks that they're both playing on the same line um, when they're supposed to be one, two centers. Mikhail Granlin's cool, but he's a three C, you know, Cody glass at this point, he might be a busted prospect. And, you know, Colton Sissons, like I keep saying, Colton, Colton Sissons is their Brandon Tanev of that roster. <laughs> So, New Jersey. Obviously, they're not going to be good in that loaded Metropolitan Division, but they did take a step forward. Um, Jack Hughes, I think, is going to have a great year. And, you know, they signed Dougie Hamilton, which gets P.K. Subban out of that top pairing role, which hopefully in a lessened role – with a defensive defenseman pair being paired with a defensive defenseman like Jonas Siegenthaler. I believe the idea is that Subban kind of goes back to being somewhat himself. You know, I don't know. Um, Mackenzie. He's he's in his contract year. Subban is. Oh yeah. 40 points minimum. Yeah, probably. Most likely. He'll be all right. He'll be all right. Yep. You know, and just holding off what I was just like you said, Doug, this team improved leaps and bounds. I think they had the best offseason out of everybody in the league this year. You brought in Hamilton. They brought in Tomas Tatar. He's going to be great. You have Bernie Mack coming in. You have Ryan Graves as well. This is the competitive Devils team they've been waiting for since 2018. Like you said, though, this is the Metro, so it's going to be tough. I don't think it, they have enough to make it in the playoffs, but this is going to be a huge development year. I think this is, like you said, this is the year that Jack Hughes becomes a superstar in the league. And you have the uh, some young guys coming up, like uh, so once again, sorry if I butcher these names, Sharangovich. He's one of those guys that could definitely step up. And uh, Kowalkinen is another one that could. Uh, I think those two could honestly play with him, play with Hughes. That wouldn't be a bad. That wouldn't be a bad line moving forward. And Ty Smith's going to develop as well. So Devils are going to be good next year, but I think they need one more year outside the postseason before they uh, can become a legitimate playoff contender. 
Sharon Govich has some hella speed, so he's a fast player. So he, I agree, he can definitely play with Hughes. Um, see, I think in a way you can look at that Metro division multiple different ways, depending on which team, you know, shits the bed um, come come playoff time throughout the season. You know, some teams that we're thinking could be good may not be good. My personal opinion, um, if Nolan Baseline was here with us today, I don't think Washington pulls a playoff this year. I think they, I think if they do, they barely squeak in. Um, I don't think they're like a top runner for playoffs in the Metro. Uh, I just don't. Um, I think the Rangers get in. I don't get to them, but I think Jersey has a chance this weekend. I mean, I agree with you. I think they need like one more year to kind of get comfortable. Um, but they got a shot to get in. They're, they, they're just a little, those little underdog team that can get themselves in there if they need to. Yeah, I mean, in my opinion, just with the way the Metro is laid out, they're still going to be one of the bottom two teams in the division. Um, which is fine, you know, that's a top 10 pick guaranteed, um, you know, something that they're probably going to need, but, um, their defensive depth that they're building is massive. You know, if they're able to get Subban to stay, if he rebounds, they're going to be set up for, for life, in my opinion, in terms of defense, because it's going to be Graves, Hamilton, Siegenthaler, Subban, and then, they're both on injured reserve right now, but you still have Ty Smith and Damon Sears. So that's going to be big for them. Um, you know, and Jonathan Bernier is going to be a good tandem mate to Mackenzie Blackwood. Um, as it sits right now, I know he's leaning towards getting the vaccine, but if he were to be unvaccinated, he's probably going to miss like a dozen games whenever they're in Canada and whatnot. So they're going to need, hopefully, you know, hopefully he leans that way and, you know, helps the team out in that regard. But um, moving forward, we're going to talk next about the Islanders. Um, there's really not much to say about the Islanders other than they're going to make the playoffs somehow. Um, I think they win the division. I think they win the Metro this year. I really do. Okay. I'm serious. I'm serious. I mean, look, everybody loves to hate this team just because they're annoying to play against and they're extremely well coached by uh, Barry Flops. But, you know, everyone's been saying, oh, the Islanders are finally going to decline. They're going to fall off. But, I mean, they've been saying this since John Tavares left. You know, the Islanders, they continue to surprise people, and I don't see any reason why they can't top the Metro this year. Yeah. I mean – their top nine is amazing. And then obviously they still have that Martin Sezikis clutterbuck line that's so hard to play against. Um, <laughs> you know, in my opinion, they have one of the best pairings in the league in Pelic and, and Adam Pelic and Ryan Pollock. They're just, they just, they grind you down. Adam Pelic is so unbelievably hard to play against. You know, I think he did a better job defending Sidney Crosby in that playoff series than Jeff Petrie did defending him in the bubble. Um, you know, and not only Jeff Petrie, but Ben Chirot, like Ben Chirot shut Sid down in the bubble, you know? And I mean, obviously they had a couple guys, you know, they had Zach Parise. He's going to slot into their third line. They had Zidane Chara. Um, you know, I hated that signing in the beginning, but honestly, there's no better person, in my opinion, to pair with Noah Dobson than Chara. 
you know, I think Dobson needs that to like learn from a veteran defenseman, a guy who's seen it all, a guy who's won cups. You know, I think that'll help him take his next step forward in his development. Um, you know, they might need to make a move at some point in the year for a defenseman because I don't like the second pair left D being Andy Green. But, you know, again, I'm not Lou. You know, I'm never going to be Lou. Nope. So, who knows? You know, that, that might end up being one of the more underrated pairings in the league this year now that I said it. So, what are you guys thinking? Like I said, they're going to be a – I think they win the, the Metro this year. I don't see any way that they don't. I think Ad and Chara as one of the big bodies is going to be just another addition to that team that's going to make them more aggressive as it comes into it because we saw how aggressive that team was. You know, whoever they played against, how how, how much they beat them down. I mean, you could – Scott Mayfield in a, in a picture on, on the fantasy league looked like a sweet little boy. He's like a monster out on the ice. You know, and you got Zdeno Chara adding to it now. Not to say he's the youngest guy in the world, because we all know that he's not. But you know, it's just more. That's just more size and physicality you're adding to the team. You already have the speed and speed and skill. So I'm I'm with Scotty. You got a top. You got a top runner here for uh, the Metro. If I mean, if they don't make the top, they're definitely making the playoffs. That's 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 a lot. Yeah, I agree. You know, moving on to another team that, in my opinion, is a playoff lock in the Metro Division, the New York Rangers. This year, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This year, yes. They're, they're, I mean, they've gotten a lot better. Um, obviously, locked up Mika Zibanejad, uh for eight more years. But, um, I mean, this team this team's loaded on paper, you know. And it's only going to get better once Vitaly Kravtsov gets more comfortable with his game and is able to come up from Hartford. Because once that happens, you're going to create a fourth line that is insanely hard to play against with Barclay Goudreau, Kevin Rooney, and Ryan Reeves. Because the third line when Kravtsov will come up would probably be Blay, Heedle, and Kravtsov. You know? And we all and know then, why Ryan Reeves is there. Yes, Ryan Reeves is there for one thing and one thing only. To punch kill Tom. Tom. He, eight games. What'd you say? To punch Tom Wilson in the face eight games out of the year. Or however many yes. they watch. Yes. He's there to kill Tom Wilson and chew bubblegum. And he's unfortunately all out of bubblegum. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, this team's going to take a massive step forward. They have a really, really nice goalie tandem on paper. Um, I think Igor is going to take a step forward and be one of the top five, top ten goalies in the league. Um, you know, just get more out of Lafreniere, get more out of Kako, and just run with it, you know. Like we all said, they have a lot better head coach in Gerard Gallant, um, a guy who's going to be really good with younger guys. Um, I mean, we've seen it from time to time, you know. Gallant was a big part of what got Rick Nash's career popping off in the early 2000s. And, you know, he really got uh, Barkov and Huberdeau going in Florida. And then he just said, you know, I'm going to take an expansion team to the Stanley Cup final in its first year of existence. So his resume is perfect for working with younger and unexperienced players. Um, So I think – this team's a playoff lock and, you know, 
they're going to slip in and knock off one of the top teams in that division. You know, like they, I, as much as I don't want to say this, but this team has a team that's going to knock the Penguins off in the first round written off all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but that's just me. Do you guys have anything else to add? I agree with you. I think it's, this could go back to 2014 all over again. Not necessarily them making the finals, but them, you know, kind of just running through teams and having their way with them. I could totally see that happening with the Rangers this year. I agree with you there, Scotty. This, this, team's, uh, this team's got some talent, and I see them using it this year. Yeah, I, this is definitely going to be a good year for them. Um, non-hockey-related news, but I figured you guys wouldn't want to hear this just because it applies. Um, John Gruden just resigned. Mm. So. Yeah, I was – Bound to happen. Interesting. Yeah. Saw that one coming. No more rooting grinders in, in Vegas. I mean, you get you I'll bring him back now. What's up? <laughs> I said yeah. I said you think ESPN will bring him back now. <laughs> oh God. Hell no. <laughs> you know, some random like FBS school is gonna pick him up and it's just gonna be oh, yeah. just a media shit show. Oh my god. That's just how it's gonna be, <laughs> unfortunately. Yeah, you know, but what he did was horrible, and yep. there's consequences cool. for your actions when you act like a piece of shit. So, fuck you, John Gruden. Yep, there you go. All right, moving onward. The Ottawa Senators. Again, basically. Yeah, do we need to say anything on on Ottawa? <laughs> yeah, they're gonna be uh, bottom feeders at the very least. They're another team that has a top five pick. Uh, yeah, they're damned if they do, damned if they don't, if they sign Brady Kachuk. Because yeah. if they sign Brady Kachuk, they're going to sign, sign him for too much money and too much term. Mm-hmm. And if they don't sign Brady Kachuk, they're going to take a bigger hole. It's going to be messy. It's going to be messy. The one guy I really want to look – I'm looking forward to seeing this year is Matt Murray because I really feel like this is like his make or break year. You know, yes. if he really doesn't get it together this year, man, it's going to be really hard for him moving forward. Because, I mean, so far I've seen him. He looks like he put on some weight this uh, this off season, and he's looked pretty sharp in the preseason so far. But this is like I said, this is a make or break year for Matt Murray. If he doesn't get his stuff together in time, man. It's it's not looking good for him. Yeah, if he has another year as bad as he did last year. I think Otto was going to buy it out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, I think that we're, it's, that's not out of the realm of possibility here. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how Josh Norris does this year, though. I think that he's going to be a lot better. Um, he had 35 points in 56 games, which was good. Um, you know, and then um, Shane Pinto as well. He's going to get an elevated role to start the year because um, Drake Batherson's going to have to play wing with Kachuk out. Um, so that's going to be a big opportunity for him. Um, obviously, I don't really think that he's a second-line center. I think he's one of those guys, like, he's a good defensive third-line center that you can win a championship with. It's just you got to put him in that position to succeed. 
Now, obviously, we're years down the line from getting to that point in Ottawa, but he's a good building block to have um, there, you know. Um, like we said, make or break year for Matt Murray. Um, their top pairing is always going to be amazing. It's going to be Thomas Shabbat and Artem Zub, and then the rest of the defense is just suspect. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Um Anything else you guys want to add on to what I just said or no? Not for Ottawa. Yeah, that's right. staying a little. Yeah. The Philadelphia Flyers, who, as I look at it right now, currently have Derek Broussard as their second line center. Really? Problem. I didn't yes. know he signed there. Yeah. Yeah, he did sign there. Well, he's their second line center now with Hayes having that injury. I don't right. agree with all the hype that everybody's making about Rasmus Ristolainen. On that team, there's hype about Rasmus Ristolainen. Yeah, <laughs> everybody thinks he's gonna be the go- best goddamn defenseman on that team. Like, shut the heck up! Like, so, I, I, people hyping him up. I'm like, first off, what the fuck did he do with his hair? Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ, he looks like an idiot. Two, like, he wasn't good in Buffalo. What makes you think he's gonna be any good in Philadelphia? Well, Buffalo is an absolute dumpster fire. But Philly's. still, he's not good to begin with. Well, here's the fact my- that he's six four and hits people. That's here's it. My, here's my thing with Philly. They didn't. Pr- they improved a lot this offseason. We have to give them that. And I think, Pete, like you said, TK, people kind of are overrated. The Flyers. I've seen a lot of people put them at the top of the Metro. I don't think they're going to finish. I think they're more of a second or third place team, maybe even fourth, depending on how well the Rangers do this year. But I think they're a playoff team nonetheless. I think Ryan Ellis is a huge addition to that team. Um, with Martin, with Martin Jones coming in, in a condensed role, he could have a solid season if we're being honest. Cam Atkinson's an improvement over Jacob Voracek. Travis Konechny should have a bounce back year. And going back, going off risk the line and the also signing Keith Yandel. I'm not a fan of, of bringing those guys in either, but in a lesser role, it could work out. So yeah, I think Philly's going to have a decent year this year. I don't see why they can't make the playoffs. Right. I'm with you there. Yeah, I agree. Um, anything else that you guys want to talk about with the Flyers or no? Nah. <laughs> do we save the Penguins for last? Yes. No, let's do them now. I'm ready. To, I'm ready to talk about them now. We have to. All right, ladies and gentlemen, your Pittsburgh Penguins. Currently being first line centered by Jeff Carter. Jeffrey Carter. The power of Jeff compels you. And um, let me tell you what. Um, I think this team's going to do better than what people are saying. Um, them getting Sid back early is going to be huge. There's not going to be a potential for like a big slide. Um, the only thing that truly concerns me once they get back and fully healthy is they're still trying to put Mike Matheson with John Marino. It didn't work last year. Why are you doing it again? Um, We all know that Pedersen and Marino is one of the better shutdown pairings in the league. Keep them there. Keep them together. Chad Ruedel is good enough to deal with Mike Matheson and his bullshit, in my opinion. Um, You know, 
I'll tell you what though, once once Malkin gets fully healthy and rocking, I think we're I think we're in business because you know, I think that they're gonna put themselves in a position forward depth wise where Brian Russ goes back down to Malkin and we see um them Malkin and Russ with either Brock McGinn or Drew O'Connor. And it's just like the cup team all over again. Um, in my opinion. Right now, but... No, he's not. No, he is not. Roster. He's not on their roster because they need to paper move people. They can't move Malkin to LTIR until tomorrow. Right. Well, as um, of as of six o'clock, they have Angelo O'Connor and Zahorna on in Wilkes-Barre. On their release. I was Ross who they ran during practice today. And here's what we're working with. We got Heinen, Carter, Rust, Zucker, Rodriguez, Kapanen, McGinn, Bluger, Simone, O'Connor, Boyle, Lafferty, Dumoulin, Latane on the back end. Like you said, Dougie, Matheson, Marino, just because. And Pedersen and Ruedel. So, yeah, opening night's looking a little rough. It's not going to be a, a fun game to watch here in uh, 22 and a half hours. Yeah, it's going to be rough. Um, you know, in goal, you still have Tristan Jari. In goal, you still need more from Tristan Jari. Right. Um, especially in a playoff setting. Um, but the biggest thing is um, the, the most interesting storyline going into this year for them, I think, is Kasperi Kapanen. Mm. I think Kasperi Kapanen is going to score 30 goals this year and just be an absolute menace. I think, you know, Zucker is going to play well as well. I think Zucker can get at least 20, maybe more. And my hottest take for the year is Sidney Crosby is going to make Danton Heinen a 20-goal scorer again. I think that the top line, the top line has to be Gensel, Crosby, and Danton Heinen. Um, Heinen reminds me of it's literally all the good qualities that Sid's wingers in the past possessed morphed into one player, in my opinion. Like, I see no way it can fail. Plus, he's big enough that he can go to the net and let Jake shoot from the perimeter. So, therefore, you have Jake unlocked as a pure sniper again and not needing to play net front for whatever the hell reason they haven't played net front for. Um, you know, I mean, really, this team just needs to crawl until Malkin gets back and hope to God that he's okay. Um, what are you guys thinking? The potential that they could they that they could miss the playoffs, but potentially hurts. But I don't think they do. I think they make it. I just don't necessarily know that they push real deep even with Morgan. I don't. I think that, you know, I've I've been hating on the Penguins, quote unquote, for the last year or so. But the way with this this Metro division is going to be way more competitive than than anything we've seen before. I think that there's the talent level on these teams is way too good. I think that this could be the year that the Penguins actually end up missing. Like you said, a lot has, like I said before, a lot has to go right north for the Penguins to even make the playoffs. Yeah, just keep in mind Carolina's there now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Carolina. If, if we're banking on the Islanders to make the playoffs, banking on the Rangers and banking on Carolina. 
I think the Islanders, Washington, Rangers, Flyers, and Hurricanes all finish all can finish above the Penguins. I yeah. really do. The only team that's finishing below the Pens are New Columbus, Jersey, really. New Jersey, Columbus, and yeah, just New Jersey and Columbus. They're the only two teams that are finishing finishing below Pittsburgh. It's not a knock on the Penguins. It's just a knock on how good the division is. I mean, it's, it's loaded this year. It is. Got to give credit where it's due. Yeah, I agree. You know, and my thing is, is I feel like we all thought it was going to be a struggle to make the playoffs last year, and then they went out and won the division. So, like, I don't know. It's it's difficult. I mean, there was a time last year where – Scotty had me convinced that it was time to throw in the towel and the entire dynasty was over. Um, you know, I, I still remember us recording that episode and I looked like a sad, depressed shell of myself. And <laughs> then they went out and won the division. Um, you know, the thing that excites me is the depth players they signed. They're not superstar talent, but if you put them in the proper position, they need to succeed. Can. They're gonna, they're gonna contribute to a lot, you know. Um, like I think, I think ultimately Brock McGinn's gonna take the place on the Tanov line or the Tanov role on the Bluger line, and you know he, while he doesn't possess the foot speed that Tanov does, he has he makes up for that in finishing ability and scoring ability, so. That's only going to help Ted, Teddy and Aston Reese score a couple more goals here and there while still being the best defensive line in hockey. Um, that's what we need. That's what we want. Um, I think Danton Heinen is going to make me stop screaming into the void about Jerry McCann being traded for nothing. Um, and if you get more from Zucker and Kapanen this year than you got from them the year before, you're making up for so much you lost to begin with on a team that won their division. So that's just where I'm at with it. That's how I feel. But again, it all lies on goaltending and we need that goaltending coach to step up and actually do his thing and hopefully gets Jari back to where he was before. Um, Moving on, you know, we're going to go through these pretty quick. Um, the Sharks got better, did okay, but they're going to be bad. They're going to be really bad. Um, you know, that's what it is. Um, the Seattle Kraken, while they did go out and make a couple moves and get some good players, I believe that they're not good enough to make the playoffs they're going to be a top five draft pick in my opinion. Um, because you know that if they make the draft lottery in any capacity, they will have a top five pick because the NHL needs the, the expansion team to succeed. Right. Why else did they almost win the first overall pick last year? <laughs> so I don't, I'm, I'm, I don't think Seattle's – I think Seattle's going to miss the postseason now, but I don't know if they're – I wouldn't say they're going to be that low. Obviously, this whole COVID thing hurts, but like I, like I said earlier on, you still have Grubauer and Drieger in that, and that's a great tandem to have. 
you know, they also benefit if playing in that Pacific division. Their defensive core is dang when you think about it. So I think it'll be a solid year. I don't know if it's a playoff year for them. At the very least, they're going to be a fringe team. But, uh, yeah, I'm not going to – I think people are underrating this team heavily. I can see that. I can see that. Um, you know, it's just right now it's difficult for me to say that they're a playoff team. Um, St. Louis, the Blues. This is interesting. It's a team that looks really, really good on paper. Um, obviously, added Brandon Sod and the Brandon Sod and Pavel Buchnevich in the offseason. Um, Jordan Kyrou is going to take a big step forward for them. Um, Tarasenko right now is currently playing on the third line with James Neal and Robert Thomas. Although that's not where Tarasenko wants to be, that's a pretty good third line. Yeah, that's a lethal line they got in St. Louis. Yeah. And while the score's kind of weak, they still have Bennington, who I feel like is going to have a, a bit of a bounce back this year. I think St. Louis should be able to battle for a playoff spot. Yeah, sure. and their backup, Vili Huso, is pretty good, too, um, in my opinion. Their fourth line, too, I like it. Um, it. As of right now, it's Ivan Barbashev, Tyler Bozak, and Jake Neighbors. There's so many prospects. They're going to be playing on fourth lines this year, even though they probably shouldn't be. Like, right now, just like I said earlier, Seth Jarvis is on the fourth line in Carolina to start the year. There's going to be so many guys like that in bottom six roles just because there's no room for them anywhere else. Um, but they're still going to be able to contribute and help the team. Um, you know, I think that this team makes the playoffs this year. I think that they're going to be a lot better than they were and that they're going to get back on their game. Um, what do you guys think? Yeah, I, like I don't know why they can't be a playoff team this year. I think they're going to be very competitive. I like where they're at. I like them. I just hate they're in the same division with Colorado. Yeah. Yeah, no, you should. You should because they're they're going to be right up there with them. Yeah. Um, but moving forward to the Tampa Bay Lightning, they're going to three-peat somehow. I don't want that. They're going to do it somehow. Um Simply because Andre Vasilevsky is everything we thought Matt Murray would become. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, it's easy to do everything, regardless of how many guys you lost. It's easy to do everything when you have the best goalie in the world. And not just the best goalie in the world, but the best goalie in the world by a landslide. Yeah. Um, like no, it's nowhere near close. Um, you know, Obviously, they make the playoffs. They're probably a cup. Con- they're they're going to probably they are, be. They are a cup contender. Yeah, they they make an Eastern Conference final in their sleep. Yeah, I get honestly. I wouldn't. I would love to see the Eastern Conference final, and I I don't know if it's possible with the playoff format. I don't think it is, but I would love the Eastern Conference final was Florida versus Tampa. Yeah, tell me that. Tell me that wouldn't be an insane matchup. Yeah. I don't think the only, way that would, could... the only way it would work would be if they were a wild card, I think. If one yeah. of the teams were a wild card. Yeah. 
That's it not going to happen. No, it's not. It sucks. Damn you, Gary Bettman. But no, I think uh, this is the best team in the Eastern Conference right now. I see no reason why they can't be the best team in April and May whenever the po- whenever the postseason starts. The rich get richer. That's just all it is. They're going to be a great team. And like you said, Dougie, if anyone's got a shot at, at – uh, if they have a shot at three-peating, they're probably – it's them. They're capable of doing it. Yeah. You know, I mean, I'll be honest with you guys. We're going to get a 90s Bulls-esque documentary on this Lightning team in the next 10 or 15 years, and it's going to be just phenomenal. Like, they're yep. they're that good. John Cooper is the best in the world at what he does. Their GM, Julian Breezebaugh, best in the world at what he does. Cooper's um, got next boy there, too. Yeah, so this whole thing could keep going for way longer than it, we think it can. You know, um, the Toronto Maple Leafs, it doesn't matter because even if they do make the playoffs, they're still not going to get past first round. Nope. They got nice forward depth this year. They got better at forward, but, you know, nothing – it's it's not going to be good enough until it comes to fruition. Exactly. And that's the thing that I've always been saying too. And, not, and I've, I've made my case with, case with it last year. I'm not buying into any hype that Maple Leafs have until they actually win a playoff series. I don't brought in Andre Kasha, Michael Bunting, and Nick Ritchie. I don't care if you replace Freddie Anderson with Peter Morazic. I don't care if your team looks deeper than you do before. You're supposed to do well in the regular season. You have way too much talent to not do well. What are you doing in the postseason? I'm not I'm I'm tired of you know the Leafs getting, you know, having these great regular seasons and not doing anything with it. It's time to either put up or shut up for them. Because I'm you know, you're you're wasting Austin Matthews and you're wasting Mitch Marner. And it's like we said before, you know, they're and you know, I keep referring to teams that are on the clock. Toronto is one of them. They're in that boat with Colorado and Edmonton. Because like you said earlier, Dougie, with Arizona, you're at risk of losing Austin Matthews. If you think he doesn't want to come back home and potentially play in front of family and friends and all that stuff. Guys love doing that. And you're telling me he wouldn't be one of them. Trust me, they need to get together and they need to get together fast. Yeah. You know, and I think out of any, any team in the league, that's like on the clock, this is the team that's most on the clock. Um, It's, it's literally a ticking time bomb at this point and it's ready to explode. Um, I know – I don't know if you guys watched the Maple Leafs All or Nothing documentary that's on – I just watched it back on Friday. That was great. I love that. Yeah, but you see it. You get a look inside to, like, what goes on. And I'll be honest with you, if they don't get past the first round this year or even worse, don't make the playoffs, Dubas is going to blow this team to bits. Mm-hmm. You can see it. You can see yeah. it, you know. And, I mean, honestly, like – I don't know like how Sheldon Keith can give that speech that he did before that overtime. And they don't and win. they lay an egg. Yeah. And they don't win. Like he literally he basically told them all. Watching. Yeah. What's up? I was fired, I was fired up watching it, watching the speech. Oh dude, I, I had chills. I was like, oh that's great. I was like, dude, this is like that's really hardcore. And then it sucked because I'm like next and then and then it's just then they just rip one in the back of the net right away <laughs> so, Dude, oh, and then when jack when jack campbell broke down into tears yeah that was the that was the thing too that really that, that stuck out to me too i'm like dude these guys like 
you see Campbell, you know, a guy who's been through so much and crying in his locker. You see Marner and Matthew still in their gear after losing game seven. It kind of like, it kind of like reminded me seeing guys, you know, like whenever Bugsy Malone was wearing his jersey after the Penguins lost against Detroit, or even just more recent example when Jamie Benn was wearing his after Tampa beat them in 2020. Only yeah. difference is if they, they lost in the first round, not in the Stanley Cup finals. So it's not, it, uh, it kind of takes away from it. But yeah, I mean, that that was a real, you could tell that loss really ate up the lead because they knew they there was going to be hell to pay for it. So yeah, this is another big year for them. And they got to they gotta punch these other teams in the mouth. And they got to do it quick. Yeah, they got to get something going. Um, the Vancouver Canucks, not a playoff team. Jim Benning overreacted again. And even though they have such great young top nine forward talent, they're nowhere near. They yeah. have they have Oliver Verekman Larson currently paired with Tyler Myers. That's gonna be one of the worst defensive pairings in the league. Did you see that video of him skating around during practice? He looks yes. awful. Yeah, he looks, he looks horrible. Yeah. You know, and they have Quinn Hughes paired with Tucker Pullman, hoping that Tucker Pullman actually helps Quinn Hughes defensively. Yeah. And your third pair is literally AHL caliber defenseman and Brad Hunt and Luke Shen. Um, if there was ever a team with a roster that could potentially fall ass backwards into a potential franchise talent in a draft lottery, Vancouver's it. Yeah, that's it. I mean, here's the thing with Vancouver. They they improved their offense, obviously. They added Garland. Uh, Pod Coulson, is that how you say his name? Vasily Pod Coulson? Yeah. Yep. How you Pod say Coulson. his name? And uh, Dickinson as well. But that blue line's not going to win them enough games. I'd say it's one of arguably the worst in the in the league, you know, in terms of just their defensive core. You know, Demko's a Vesna caliber, played Vesna caliber last year. But if the Canucks are going to sneak into a spot, he has to do it again. And I'm not expecting him to play like he did last year. Not to mention, Yaroslav Halak is your backup, and he played terrible last year, and he's only getting older. I don't think Vancouver has what it takes. Not at all. Yeah. Vegas, cup contender. Yep. Western Conference final team. Um, that's a lock. That's, that's, just, that's just your West lock. Added Nolan Patrick in the offseason. Um, that was a pretty good little yeah. thing for that's a that's good value to get out of Cody Glass. Obviously, they should have Nick Suzuki right now. It sucks they don't have Nick Suzuki. That would be absolutely electric. But um, yep. you know, they have one of the best defensive cores in the league. We go from the worst to the best with yep. Alex Martinez. Alex Petrangelo, Braden McNabb, Shea Theodore, and then the, your third pair is going to be Nick Haig and Zach Whitecloud. Not Which, bad. Pretty they had, good. They both, and they both had hell, hell of good seasons last year. The thing that's going to be here is going to be their lack of center depth, I think. I think that's going to be the one thing that might come back to bite them. Because for being honest, losing Flurry isn't going to hurt that much, especially if you have Lob and Runner and you got uh, Brousseau, or however you say his mm-hmm. name, is the, mm-hmm. he's cool at least. So, yeah, I think if they can – maybe they got to get a guy – maybe they need got to get a center or something like that to help out at the deadline or something like that. But like you said, this is a team that's easily – you know, win a, win a Stanley Cup. They're a contender right now. Totally agree. Um, 
the Washington Capitals. They they exist. They have a chance to miss the playoffs. Yeah, they do. Um, because Carolina exists in the in the Metropolitan. Yeah, but dude, I'm not. Well, the Rangers now. I'm not buying that. Hot take. I think the Caps finished second in the Metro. Seriously? Yeah. I swear. Yeah, think about it. A bunch of those other guys up there, though, like, I don't know. They're better than the Rangers. They're better than the Flyers. And they're better than the Hurricanes. They are. (laughs) What they produce when they need to do. Well, here's what I'm saying. Hear me out. This isn't a team that's going to make a deep playoff run. But let's – but what is Washington always known for? Being a great regular season team. They have the skills in the line throughout their lineup. They have their dominant power play because they got Ovi chilling in his office on the left side. So much forward depth. You have a top 10 defenseman in John Carlson. Your goaltending isn't great, but it's average. And that's all you need to have a great regular season. Washington's not going to fall off this year. They're going to make the playoffs. They're just not going to go anywhere with it. Yeah. Um, now, also, before we go, before we go on to the next team, Something that is needs to be noted as a thing to watch. If Ovi has another 50 or 60 goal year this year, the chase for Gretzky is on. I think it already is. Oh, I think it already is too, but it's within reach then. You know, and we're talking about not maybe him retiring with like the record by like 40, 25, 30 goals. If he has a 60 goal season or a 50 or a 50 to 55 goal season this year, he'll retire within at least a 100 to 120 goal cushion on that thing. How close is he to Gretzky at this point? He is 160 goals or something like that. It's like 163 or 164 away because he's at 730 right now. And the, the record's 894. So he'd need a couple more seasons, obviously. And he's he's gonna he's gonna probably play five or six more years. It's just right. a matter of how good of the years are they gonna be. Right. If he like if he has two more 40 goal years, he's gonna get the record before he retires. But if he has two more 50 goal years, he's definitely gonna get the record before he even falls off a cliff. You know. And I mean, the Caps, I think they're going to turn into what the Panthers were with Yager, where they're just, people are just there to see Yager. Yeah. You know? So that's just my opinion. Um, but I do agree. They're still a playoff team. Um, Hendricks Lapierre made the roster. Um, he's going to be their third line center for right now with, um, with Backstrom out because Eller's going to have to play up in the lineup. But uh, he's going to be – I think he's going to be a key contributor for them. And I was talking with Nolan Viceline today on the phone, and we said – we both agreed that this infusion of young talent with Hendricks Lapierre and eventually Connor McMichael is something that they haven't had um, in a while. You know, I think the closest that we had – that they had to it was when Wilson um, – Verona and Burakovsky all had a coming out party at the same exact time and it resulted in them winning a Stanley cup, you know? So there's that, but um, 
last but certainly not least, well, probably least because I mean they're they're literally just a team that exists in my opinion. They did beat. They did knock off the uh, Oilers last year. The Winnipeg Jets. Mm-hmm. They're they're going to be a playoff team. Um, Will they though? Because yeah. that's such a stack central. We've already talked they're, about most teams we want in there. The only team that's going to fin- the only team that's finishing above them is Colorado. Yeah. In my opinion, yeah, they're just loaded. They, now. they added Schmidt and Brendan Dillon, which were two much needed pieces for that defensive depth. Their top nine is elite, especially if uh, Dougie, do you know if uh, Cole Perfetti is in is made the team or not? Cole Perfetti and Christian Veselainen are both on the roster right now. So, your so top nine, they're, they're fine. Those, Pierre Luc Dubois is due to have a bounce back year. And you got the second best goalie in the world in Connor Hellebuck. When is Safley's return as a suspension? How many games is he out? I don't think he's, he's suspended. He's, Sorry, a, he is out. he's suspended for that hit on Jake Evans. Hmm. He might sit out like one or two games. Yeah, yeah I was like, he's, he's suspended for the start of the season. He's not missing significant time, though, at least. So. No, I just didn't know how many games he was out. That I knew, that's all. Got you. By now, yeah. he was out for the season. I think that they're in good shape. Um, you know, they're going to – they're going to make the playoffs. They, this team might be a team that makes a big push in the playoffs, though, in my opinion. I think that they're, they're set for it. They're primed for it, you know. And in my opinion, it's not it's not about how Veselina and Perfetti perform right now. It's about how they perform like January, February, March. And if they're rolling going into April, this team's a legitimate cup contender because the issue is this team never has really been deep through all four forward lines. And with Veselina and Perfetti, you can perfect that with ease. So that's my opinion. Um, anything else that you guys want to touch on? And we got everything. We we did all we did all the teams, right? And we got everybody, right? We hit all the teams, yeah. Yep, I said uh, just to cap real quick. Um, Shifley will only miss opening night. He'll be back for the second game of the season. He has one game left to serve on the suspension off in the hit for, hit to Evans. Oh, that's right, because they got eliminated early. Yes, that's right. Okay. So he has one game left. So he will miss the, the season opener versus Anaheim, but the second game he'll be starting the second game he'll be back. Uh, good deal, guys. Um, anything else? That's it. All good over All here. Right, everybody. Good deal. All right. Thank you guys. Um, this has been another episode of Four Checking TV. Follow us on Twitter at Four Checking TV. Subscribe to us on YouTube. And get us wherever you get your podcast from. All right, guys. Good night.